Well, things continue to look up on the on the travel front, on the recovery front. Maybe we're finally going to put COVID behind us. I think it's going to be a while. But the airline industry has some interesting news. Of course, Southwest evidently really bullish on, on the long term anyway. They put it in an order for another 10737 MAX jets. A fair number of those, I'm sure, are going to be flying out of here. And also American Airlines says that they reached the 90% level, 90% uh, bookings for the last week were about 90% of what they were two years ago. It's got to be good news for the industry. Mark Diebner is the director of aviation for the city of Dallas, but you know him as the czar of Love Field, and he joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Always a pleasure to join you, David. So this is encouraging news. Is this what you're seeing at Love Field? Yes, uh, we're definitely on the right track. Uh, March really turned out to be a much better month than we even had hoped for. Um, we, we crossed over into above 50% levels of traffic uh, compared to March of 2019. That's kind of our, our, our right. now we're measuring against 2019 since 2020 was a complete loss. Um, but we're going we're gonna to end up March at about 63, almost 64% of where we were in 2019, which is really above where we thought we'd be. Do you have a sense of, of April, for example, as we go ahead? April, yeah, April is typically a little slower, you know, across the country. May has uh, got a lot of good indications. We're hearing from the airlines that they're adding back uh, scheduled seats, which is always encouraging, which means their their bookings are strong. Uh, we, we've been operating about 100, between 140, 150 flights daily amongst all the carriers. We think May that's gonna be up closer to 170. And then honestly, David, I think by summer, um, we'll be back at the 205 flights daily. It's, was that about the bookings the, were, are really that Was that the strong. max of what you were seeing two years ago? 200, 210 a day? Yep, we'll be back. We'll be back to those level of flights. Now, probably not full Delta, uh, certainly continues to keep a middle seat open. So their, their capacity is a little down. Um, but all indications are that the, the travel is, is coming back. So uh, let's take the luxury of now looking back on this. I know it's maybe a little early, but have you lost carriers? Do you, are you good? Are you flying? Do you have the same number of carriers as you did? Yeah, we when still, all this began? we, yeah, still served by the um, by Southwest as our uh, majority carrier, sure, uh, and Delta and Alaska. So those have really been our three. And what about personnel? Uh, I know there have been some government assistance to try to help you hang on to people. You certainly didn't need as many people, but um, have you been able to hold on to your staff? We, we have. We froze hiring uh, back in March of 2020. We, we reduced the number of temporary employees we were using, but we, we really weren't faced with any deep cuts that involve, uh, you know, reductions in force or laying off employees. What's ironic is the, the amount of work really didn't go down that much. Uh, you know, you can imagine having an airport there's they're just things that we have to do every day. The building still needs to be cleaned. And as a matter of fact, I, you know, trying to improve the level of cleanliness uh, to restore customer confidence, 
we actually were, were spending a little bit more because we were doing a deeper clean more often. Uh, but all the other aircraft operations, uh, you know, continued. We were open 24 hours a day. Um, we really didn't get a chance to to take it easy or, or kind of rest uh, during that down period. Could you see long-term changes that come out of this? I mean, we, we hear about airports and airlines wanting to go touchless, for example. Yeah, I think those trends really were already uh, started. Um, and this really accelerated that. I think the physical space management, which was really kind of a um, foregone conclusion, you would build a airport, you know, waiting room a certain size, a certain number of seats, and, you know, people just had to make do. I think we're a lot more thoughtful about how we space our seating tables, um, adequate room for, for queue lines to, to provide separation, um, so we're actually busy working on how we're going to deal with the returning crowds, assuming we're going to want to keep some level of social distancing. We're going to want to keep elevated uh, levels of hygiene, um, all those kind of things. It just makes operating different. I don't know if it's uh, better or worse, uh, but I think it's just another challenge. And certainly the airline industry and the airport business has changed um, you know, we go through these, unfortunately, these upheavals, and we really have to adjust. And I think we're just getting ready to to operate the airport in a safe, effective, efficient way. Uh, we'll just do it a little bit differently. That's yeah. all. But in, in general, I, I, my sense is you, you could expect long-term changes out of this. We cer- certainly saw long-term changes out of 9-11. Here, is it technology? Uh, we, we'd already seen kiosks and uh, I'll call clear and pre-check, you know, an evolution of technology. But is there more out there that can make this a a better, more seamless and touchless experience? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, just from, uh, you know, the biometrics, we're actually using a biometric enabled temperature uh, scanner for all employees that work at the airport. Um, So as we move to passenger screening, our hope is really that that these sort of forces help move uh, Transportation Security Administration, you know, move them along towards using better ways to verify identity, Um, you know, either through biometrics, through um, uh, retinal, any any of those kind of things that they might be able to do, all of those headed toward that touchless environment, which really the, the, I think the, the buzzword we've used prior to the pandemic was frictionless. And so we would like to have an airport where you would essentially drive in and out of a parking garage, walk through security, drop your bag on a belt without having to print a tag, all those kind of things that would make it easy and, and they improve efficiency. So, so there's a silver lining, I think, to this pandemic. They're going to help us uh, help our customers move through the facility with greater ease. And so actually I'm a, I'm a little bit excited about how that future is going to play out. Well, and there's also an infrastructure bill that they keep talking about. And and one would think that the nation's airports are going to be at least partial beneficiaries of infrastructure spending. I, airports across the country are, are really behind. Um, I, you know, the numbers are staggering, you know, many billions of dollars. Um, and if you think of 
kind of how the boom in new airports, you know, we're a little different. We're over a hundred years old. So we're, we're one of the older airports in the country, but you know, a lot of the larger hub uh, connecting airports were built in the seventies. And a lot of that infrastructure is, you know, 50, 60 years old. It's, It's really time to rebuild Um, rebuild smarter. You know, we've learned a lot in terminal design as well as airfield pavement. Um, And so those infrastructure dollars really are going to go a long way to help help the airports uh, modernize and and be a little bit more efficient in moving uh, the aircraft in and out. So we're, we're, we're looking forward to what that infrastructure bill really looks like and how much will be directed towards rebuilding America's airports. Tell me about the Love Field infrastructure. You just built this great big brand new state-of-the-art parking garage, which I'm sure was underutilized over the last year. And you have all of those, you know, all of the, you're a landlord to, to lots of small businesses and shops and restaurants. Tell me about the state there. Yeah, we're, I mean, things are exciting. We opened, um, we've got some new tenants moving into the Braniff Center, which was a major redevelopment uh, here on Lemon Avenue. So we're branching out into the, what we call non-aeronautical revenue. We've got a Callaway's Nursery, Venture X, which is a co-office or co-working space. Uh, And then there'll be a, a, a brew pub restaurant concept coming in. Uh, which will all help benefit the neighbors to our east and, and anyone along Lemon so this Avenue. So this is the strip along Lemon Avenue. You know, you forget about that you control all that, too. Yeah, I mean, we're doing some exciting things, both on the commercial development side as well as we're, we've got a planned hike and bike trail uh, along the length of Lemon Avenue to connect uh, down to Shorecrest and connect to the Bachman Trail. So. So we're trying to make improvements all the way around the airport. Um, on airfield, the big news for us is we're, we're beginning reconstruction of our western runway. So we will be, uh, uh, for about nine months, we'll be down to a single runway while we rebuild um, what we call 13 right, 1331 uh, on the west side over on the Denton Drive side. So that's a big project coming for us. Well, it's going to be interesting seeing uh, what apparently is going to be a transition for a while to uh, an airport that serves a whole lot more leisure travelers than business travelers. And that should, that should change things for you a bit. Yeah. I think you got to look at that customer base, you know, uh, Southwest especially is, is added a number of new leisure destinations. Um, We're also handling a, a bit more connecting traffic than we did in the past. Um, and so the dynamic changes with regard to concessions, um, kind of the product offerings that the leisure market tends to uh, want to access as opposed to the business traveler. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really bullish about business travel returning um, once the vaccine rolls out. And I think, I think just talking to a number of business groups and businesses, um, they're anxious for their employees to start travel again. Uh, And so I think, uh, that June timeframe, really summer, when we have a, a good deployment of the vaccine, um, you'll start to see the business traveler come back. Now, probably it's it's true that it won't be back at the 2019 levels right away, but but I just think that you know it's hard to everyone I talk to, it's hard to make a sale over a, over a telephone, and and when your yeah. competitor is out there 
making in-person uh, calls, you know, everyone's going to have to get back into the travel game. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. Let me ask you one, one last quick thing. One thing I really thought we would have seen by now as an outgrowth of all this would be some sort of comprehensive effort of the, you know, the, the TSA and the airport operators and owners and the airline industry to come up with some sort of a digital passport that something that can prove that you have, you know, that you've tested negative or better yet that you've been vaccinated. Why hasn't that taken place? I, you know, the, especially the, the testing requirement, the airlines really oppose that right. to domestic for domestic travel. And so um, I, I think honestly, the international market's going to lead the way uh, with the vaccination sort of passport. Uh, there's a number of countries already working on that. Um, I think domestically, airports really have not had any incidences of being a super spreader. Um, I think the attitude really among the airlines and quite frankly, the airports um, are that we've been able to manage through this pandemic without being a, a place where you know, those uh, COVID transmission happened. We put all the protocols in place, the cleanliness, the distancing, the mask mandate that we have in place. Um, so, you know, frankly, for domestic travel, I, you know, I don't think the U.S. needs a passport or a vaccination. Um, I think it comes down to the destination states, or whether they're going to continue to have quarantine requirements. I think it'd be useful for the traveler, depending on the destination. But as far as moving uh, through the air, you know, through the airlines and through the airport system, um, I think we've been able to maintain safety, and there's really not a need to to sort of guarantee everyone's vaccinated when they come to the airport because we've been able to manage throughout the pandemic, uh, not having those incidences where we had you know widespreads. Uh, events on planes or in airports. So I think it all is going to come down to the, the destination requirements right. that'll really move that along as far as keeping documentation of your and vaccination. The, and record. the international, you make a good point with that. Mark Diebner is yep. the director of aviation at the city of Dallas. He runs Love Field. And as we are reminded, is a major real estate developer along Lemon Avenue. It's good to have you with us always. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for more of our conversation with Mr. David. Go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.